0: Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Nihongo Master Podcast. I'm your host, Azra, and we're going to be talking about the Japanese fashion triumvirate. Yoji Yamamoto, Issei Miyake, and Rei Kawakubo. These three Japanese fashion designers are not only experts at seamlessly fusing traditional and modern, but they have unexpectedly made quite an impact on the Western fashion industry. You can't really sum up Western fashion of the late 20th century without acknowledging the contributions by this Japanese avant-garde trio. I'm part of the fashion industry as well. I have my own brand, and I studied fashion in university for about 5 years, where this trio was repeatedly mentioned during classes, highlighted for their unapologetic fusion of Japanese ideals in modern fashion. Made in Japan now carries a new form prestige, and we have these fashion designers to thank for. Don't worry, I won't be rambling on about fashion for hours on end. We'll have a crash course of Japan's avant-garde power trio, along with a few related vocabulary words weaved into it all. So without further ado, let's get right into it. Our first fashion designer of the Japanese avant-garde trio, or abangado in Japanese, to reinvent Western technical and aesthetic values is none other than Yoji Yamamoto. For the fashion enthusiasts who weren't given the opportunity to go to fashion school, don't give up on your dreams just yet. This pioneer of the 1980s Japanese new wave didn't either. In fact, he studied law in university. Now one of the most distinguished fashion designers of the industry, Yoji Yamamoto is known for his excessive usage of the colour black and the free-spirited concept portrayed in his crafty tailoring and androgynous silhouettes with a notion of concealing rather than revealing the body. You see, growing up, I was told that Kuro, black, is a depressing colour. That it's not even a colour at all. What I learned over the years, indirectly from Yamamoto's works, is that black is actually a combination of all the colours. Yamamoto has his reasons behind the intentional usage of black. Black is modest and arrogant at the same time. Black is easy and lazy, but also mysterious. What's better than black? He also believes that dressing is to look sexy. He does use colours now and then though. A dash of white or a glimmer of crimson red. A little teasing, no? Yamamoto's designs are made to be timeless, and instead of putting the garment on the body, he puts the body on the garment, with every cut made to make the body movement beautiful. A typical Japanese approach that is used religiously by Yamamoto is to start a design with fabric, rather than a silhouette. Apart from the dark, androgynous image he sets, Yamamoto is also especially famous for collaboration, collaborations. Some might say he's one of the first few designers who celebrates collab culture and gives access of high fashion to the masses. Why three, anyone? This adidas Yuji yamamoto collaboration that began in 2003 is one of the most successful collabs to this day, altering the perspective of menswear fashion and giving the male market an opportunity to play around with shape and movement, just like the ladies. So for those who didn't know who Yoji Yamamoto was, now you know, and it's the easiest to spot his shop on the high street, the one with the most black clothing. Here's a quick vocab recap that basically sums up Yoji Yamamoto as a designer. Avangado, avant-garde, a French term to refer to works that are unorthodox and experimental. Sekushi, sexy. Kuro, black. Collaboration, collaboration. Our next fashion designer is one that rules the Pritsu trend for decades now. Issei Miyake was the first out of the three to showcase in France. Not only that, he was the first to restructure sartorial conventions, blinding in contrast to the conventional ways of Western designers such as Yves Saint Laurent, Coco Chanel and Christian Dior. Instead of obliging to the Western concept for woman clothing of fitted silhouette and exposure of body contours, Miyake proudly introduced loose and baggy designs, free of traditional construction. And just like his compatriot, Miyake has roots deep in traditional Japanese design philosophy, which is evident in all of his creations, and converting them into fashion-forward, modern Western pieces. Miyake didn't think his lack of Western heritage in the world of Western fashion as a disadvantage, but an advantage. He introduced a new definition of aesthetics, and not by creating aesthetics itself, but by crafting it to the way of life, ikikata in Japanese. The garment flows where the body moves. And to this day, Issey Miyake's brand even though the mastermind himself has retired, continues on the legacy of approaching ifuku no kozo garment construction, in original ways, prioritizing the user first. If you think about it, that way of doing things is more of a product designer's approach, and it obviously works out. He did once say, I make tools. People buy my clothes and then they become tools for their creativity. Oh, and remember when I mentioned at the start that Issey Miyake is the pleat master? He's Einstein when it comes to original fabrics. And the whole pleat thing came from his most commercially successful collection to this date, 1993's Pleats Please. Instead of going for the traditional method of permanently pressing pleats before cutting out a garment, Miyake did the opposite. He cut the garment out twice the size, put it together, and then started pleating. What did I say? Tensai. Genius. And that's only one of his creations. Another one worth mentioning is Apoc or a piece of cloth, which is a concept by Miyake and his team involving a long tube of knitted jersey on one which can cut without wasting any material. That's fashion of the future, people. So by now, we can all just admit that Issey Miyake has quite a brain in his head, one that I'm undoubtedly jealous of and wished I had. If all of us can think like him, we might even have a chance at saving the fashion industry. Here's a quick vocab recap to conclude the brilliant fashion designer. Puritsu Pleats Ikikata Way of Life. Ifuku no kozo, Garment Construction. Ifuku translates to clothes, and kozo kinda means framework. By the way, if you haven't checked out our official website yet, why not give it a browse? At Nihongo Master, we offer efficient Japanese lessons that are quick, easy, and fun for Japanese language learners of all levels, from beginners to advanced. Our smart tools will assist you in areas where you need a little bit of a push and congratulate you on the ones you've aced. With a community of over 50,000 Japanese students, you're not alone on your learning journey. Make new friends and improve together with our point system, collecting points as you go along. Ask away any questions you have on our group discussion pages. There's sure to be others as well as our Japanese instructors that are quick to answer. You can also take Nihongo Master with you on the go and learn Japanese as you trot the globe. Practical, right? The last of the three avant-garde designers, but most certainly not the least, is Rei Kawakubo, also known as the founder of Comme des Garçons. She once said she never intended to start a revolution, but she did, and we all have no regrets. If I could sum up Kawabuko's aesthetics into three words, it would be monochromatic, asymmetrical, and voluminous. With that said, Kawabuko is similar to Issey Miyake, in the sense of focusing on perfectly imperfect cuts and asymmetrical lines in her designs, and also to Yoji Yamamoto with the dramatic usage of black. I guess you could say that she ties the trio all together, making the Japanese avant-garde aesthetics coherent, but still very much a broad category. As Kaobuko studied art in university, her collections for Comme des Garçons weren't based on trends, but rather artistic concepts which create designs of unorthodox silhouettes that use exaggerated amount of fabric. These all play a part in offering women to look like some boys. Have you made the connection yet? Comme des Garçons? Otoko otoko mitai. Anyway, this concept is about providing comfort and mobility. Although, we can all admit, some of them restrict any sort of movement, let alone comfort. But most of all, Kawakubo's designs scream to the girls who don't want to succumb to wants of men, seduction, approval and all. Unlike Yamamoto and Miyake, Kawakubo's designs play around with exposing the body without them being sexy. I think it screams, feminism That's a brand's concept. What about Dover Street Market? Kawakubo and her CEO, who is also her husband, created the multi-brand retail store that was originally in London on Dover Street. Now with stores all around the world, the idea of it is to bring people from everywhere into one beautiful, chaotic space. They succeeded. Established and up-and-coming designers are free to display and sell their works as they please. Kawakubo still remembers her Japanese roots, though. Dover Street Market goes through Tachiyagari, while in Japanese it means start or beginning. For these multi-brand retail stores. Is the revamping of space and basically giving it a fresh start. From the rebellion of traditional feminine aesthetics to providing opportunities of expression for other designers, it's safe to say that Rei Kawakubo is quite an inspiration. Here's a quick vocab recap that sums up Rei Kawakubo's fashion biography: Otokopoi or otokomitai, to look like a boy, which is basically Kawakubo's brand name. Feminismo, feminism. Tachiyagari, start or beginning. So now you have it, the ultimate Japanese fashion designer trio. The dark and androgynous and still sexy approach of Yoji Yamamoto, Issey Miyake's revolutionary fashion concepts and construction, and Rei Kawakubo's inspiring feminism in fashion. I've only just scraped the surface of fashion in Japan, but if you want to know more, head over to the Nihongo Master blog to read articles about various parts of Japanese fashion. And if you're keen on picking up some more Japanese for yourself, you can find us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and the official website to learn more. Thank you so much for listening in. Join me in the next one where I'll be walking you down another avenue of Japan's rich culture. Mata ne!